We're in a series called Preparing for Eternity. Today's sermon is actually an extra five minutes long. Extra five, six, seven minutes long. I'm not going to charge you for that. Don't worry, that's free. That is on the house. Uh, it's going to be worth it. Uh, our first uh, sermon in the series was Be Productive. Uh, the point of the series is this, is that we make everyday decisions. Um, we make everyday decisions on our finances, our relationships, at our workplace, our level of diligence, our level of faithfulness. All this is dependent upon this notion in our head that we're going to live until we're 80 or 90 years old. Uh, and the truth is we're going to live long past that. The truth is we're going to live for all of eternity. And so how we um, handle what God's given us on this life, whether or not we fulfill our destiny on this life, how far we go in doing what God's called us to do in this life is going to affect billions and billions and billions of millennium. It's going to affect infinity. Um, we can't just go through life um, just doing whatever we want to do, going through life without any kind of goals or anything, and expect to, that all of eternity is going to be in a mansion like everyone else. No, there will be different size homes. There will be different levels of service in heaven. There will be different rewards and bank accounts. I heard Billy Graham do a sermon years ago on the seven crowns of heaven. There's different crowns. When you, God puts a crown on you in heaven, it, it stays on you for all of eternity. Okay, so it's an eternal reward. Part two last week was be real. We talked about motives and how it's a waste of time to live as a hypocrite because your eternal rewards, it's not just what you do, it's if you do it for the right reason. How many of you are here last week and hopefully you were blessed by last week? So today, part three, I want to talk about be purposeful. Everybody say purposeful. purposeful. Say, I have a purpose. <laughs> many people woke up this morning, they wake up each day, and they don't have any kind of plans for life. They just wait and see who's going to call them, What's going to happen this weekend? They have no focus. They go through the motions of life. They go to work. They come home. They eat. They do the same thing. And they don't really have any goals. And you say, hey, what are you doing this weekend? They say, I don't know. I'll see who calls me up. We'll see what's going on. Oh, what, 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 what books are you reading? I don't know. I'll see if somebody recommends one. Well, uh, you know, what, how are you and your spouse growing in your marriage? I mean, you know, we just we, we talk every now and then. There's no direct plan. It's like they're on a boat and they're just letting the waves take them from here to there. They go through life without ever reaching a goal because they don't know their purpose. Everybody say purpose. You can't live purposeful unless you know what your purpose is. Imagine that I handed you the keys to a brand new pickup truck. And it's out there in the parking lot and I said, hey listen, take this truck and I want you to meet me at this particular destination. There's a destination, there's a place I need you to drive to. In fact, as you're even on the road toward this destination, you'll begin to sense peace like you've never sensed before. You'll begin to develop some joy, not just happiness, but like true joy on the inside. In fact, the closer you get to this destination, you will start to realize that you are getting fulfilled. The closer you get, the more fulfilled you are. And then when you arrive at this destination, it'll be the greatest feeling for the lack of word. It'll be the greatest thing you've ever experienced in your life and you look back and realize, wow, I made it to this destination. I didn't veer to the left or the right. I made it there. Then I hand you the keys to the car and I leave and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. where's the destination? And you just think, well, he didn't tell me so. I guess I'll just get in the car and I'll just start driving and see what happens. Maybe I'll drive up north. Maybe it's towards Maine. You spend about 10 years driving up there, going through roads, and you think, well, this isn't it. This doesn't feel right. Then you start driving west towards California. <laughs> Never eat sour walnuts. And you start driving towards California, and you drive, and you think, well, maybe this is the direction I'm supposed to go. And you realize after 10 years, no, nope, this isn't it. So then you start heading south to Texas, and then you start heading east to Florida. I'm not going geographically. 
habits. Anyway, and so you travel around, and you realize after 40 or 50 years, I have no idea where I'm going. That's what it's like for most believers. They got saved, they go to church, and that's it. They have no idea where they're traveling. And some of you, you've been traveling for years trying to find this purpose, this thing that God's called you to do, the reason that you're still breathing right now, and you don't have that sense of fulfillment because you're not going in the right direction. You're trying your best, but you have no idea what your purpose is. So if we are going to fulfill our destiny, if we're going to hear that, well done, my good and faithful servant, here's three things we're going to have to do. Ready for your notes. It's not on the board. There's three things. You need to know your purpose. I need to know my purpose. I need to know. I'm going to help you discover that today. I need to know my purpose. We need to have a plan. I love it when a plan comes together. What's that from? 18. Yay, somebody here is over 35 years old. That's right, 18. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. And then three, we have to be disciplined to stick to that plan. Knowing your purpose isn't enough, and I'm going to prove that. Having a plan after you know your purpose isn't enough. You have to also be disciplined to stick to the plan to fulfill your purpose in life. Amen? Okay, Ephesians 5.16. Live purposefully and accurately. Everybody say purposefully. Purpose. How many syllables is that? I have no idea. Is it three or four? I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. Live purposefully and accurately. As wise people, making the most of the time and every opportunity. Do you realize how many opportunities come across your path every week from God? But you don't know, is it something I say yes to or is it something I say no to? You think, well, this just feels fun, so I'll try it, or it's easy, so I'll try it. Whoa, 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 That could be the devil giving you an opportunity. Because you don't know your purpose, you don't know the direction you're supposed to go, and so you just say yes, no, whatever, and you have no idea. But we're called to make the most of each opportunity. Is this from God or not? Don't live vague and thoughtless, vague and thoughtless, vague and thoughtless, just waking up, seeing what goes on. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what books I'm supposed to read. I don't know how I'm supposed to serve. Don't live vague and thoughtless, but find out what the Lord wants you to do. Let me ask you this. Why did God let you wake up this morning? Why are you breathing in this room right now? What is your purpose today? What are your goals this week? See, if you don't know the answers to these questions, then this week's going to be like next week. And next week's going to be like next month. And next month's going to be like next year. And you're going to wake up 40 years from now and think, where did my life go? I don't feel fulfilled. What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I still breathing? Here's the question to help you help discover your purpose. And I'm going to get more detail as we go along. But Lord, I just want to kind of throw some stuff at you. Who do I want to become in my lifetime? I did not ask you the question, I need just to hear more volume, please. I did not ask the question, what do you want to accomplish? What you want to accomplish is a whole other sermon. I'm not asking you what you want to accomplish. I'm asking you who do you want to become. The who is much more important than the what. You may, the what you want to become or what you want, I'm sorry, what you want to accomplish may be that you want to own your own business. Maybe that you want to be a missionary. Maybe the what is you want to um, own your own home. And these, nothing's wrong. These could be desires from God. But these are things you want to accomplish. You can't accomplish that if you don't develop the who. The who is the foundation. If you focus on who I want to become, if you focus on who God's called me to be, then the what will automatically happen. But some people, they jump to the what and they, they use a lack of integrity. They cheat people or maybe it just somehow their parents just hand it to them or someone. And they get to the what, but they lose the what because they never develop the who. I feel
feel like uh, the Grinch is going to jump out and scare us in a second. Um, they, 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 they want the walk. They want to be married, but they're not doing anything. They're not developing the hoop because someone that the person, the, the kind of marriage they want to have or the person they want to marry wouldn't like them or date them because of the who they are right now. They want to own their own business, but they can't save $5. They don't have a savings account. Well, all I can save is $20 a month. Start doing it and let God put His anointing on top of it. But you're not doing anything to develop the who. They, they, um, they, they, they want to uh, own their business, but their credit score stinks. And your credit score shows the who. I know we all face different situations and things happen in life. I understand that. But for the most part, a credit score shows who you are. Are you a person of integrity? The who is the foundation for what God wants to do in your life. A lot of us know what God wants to do in our life, and we're focused on the what, 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 but we haven't become the person that can handle what it is God wants to do in our future. Our purpose, yeah, God wants us to accomplish something over here, but we're not developing who. Some of you, if you have a heart for missions, but you have no idea how to speak to somebody, you have no idea how to teach, you know how many men and pastors um, more men than women pastors, men that come to me and they, they want to preach say God's called me to preach, I say well good man that's great, have you taken any public speaking classes, oh no the spirit's just going to lead me, okay so that'd be like me saying you know what I just have a passion to play the electric guitar I've never had any lessons at all I just know God's called me to do it, God may call me to play the electric guitar but if I haven't developed the skills on the inside I'm never going to be able to accomplish that you can't accomplish the what without first becoming the who you can never accomplish the what without, and I'm going to get more details so you'll really understand this. This is my main point to help drive home with your purpose. Let me give you some examples, okay? Um, David, the Bible says that, that Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king. And for those of you that know me, know that my favorite chapter of the Bible is 1 Samuel 16. In verse 12, as soon as David came, the Lord said, Samuel, he's the one, arise, anoint him. Listen, that day when David was a teenager, a teenager, he realized this is my purpose. He knew his purpose. Here's what God wants me to accomplish. God wants me to be a king of Israel. Now listen, there were a lot of kings. God didn't just want him to accomplish having the crown put on his head. God wanted him to be a godly king, a good king. So you know what David did to, the, to reach the what? He went right back out to the shepherd's fields after they anointed him. They anointed him to be king. He said, oh, thanks. He didn't walk up there and take the throne. He went back out and took care of sheep. He took care of something that was another man's because the Bible says if you can't take care of what's another man's, how can God give you what is your own? You want to accomplish owning your own three-bedroom house, but you can't keep your one-bedroom apartment clean. You can't pay the rent on the one-bedroom apartment, but you want God to, to bring you this three-bedroom house over here. You want the what, but we got to stop focusing on what. we got to focus on the who from Whoville. And so David... David had this, this, he knew God, my purpose is to be king, but how do I accomplish that? Well, you've got to build a foundation of, of faithfulness. So David worked day in and day out for his father's sheep. To, do you know, let me tell you the integrity. If you start the chapter, the day David went to go fight Goliath and to meet his brothers, the Bible says he woke up early and found somebody else to watch his father's sheep. Do you know what kind of integrity that is? You know how many people just call and I can't be at church today, so now we're responsible to find someone to cover the way you serve. Man, when you get somebody that says, I can't be in church today, uh, Angel, our teenager, he does our camera for us. He's not here today. Last week he came and said, listen, I can't be at church today, but I know that Angel knows how to do the camera, and I'm going to let him know, and he's going to be there and take care of it. Man, that's integrity. That's the who on the inside. Um, David, after that, then David um, went and he had to deal with a boss that he didn't like. He didn't, and he knew he was supposed to be king, and now he's dealing with
with another king that's treating him bad, Saul. And David respected him and did his best and just honored God. And then one day when the crown got put on David's head, he had already accomplished the who. So he became, he had the foundation ready so that when the crown was on his head, he didn't lose it. And he became a godly king. When it was all said and done, Acts 13, 36 says, David completed God's purpose. Everybody say purpose. Say, I have a purpose. For his life, then he died. Listen, David could have died unfulfilled. David could have died knowing his purpose. Knowing this is what God's called me to do. Knowing this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But he could have still died unfulfilled if he had not developed the who God called him to be. There was a, a true story about this lady. Uh, she always had a desire to sing. She loved to sing. Her dream was to sing opera. She was incredibly talented. All through school, she would be in any play they let her be in. She'd sing at church. She'd sing before anyone who would want to listen to her. Very, very talented. This was back in the 30s and 40s. And um, so she finally got old enough to go to college. And she wanted to go to college to sing and get an opera degree. But her parents said, listen, honey, most girls don't even go to college. And so you need to go and get a normal degree. You, you'll never, ever make a living as a, as a singer. It's just not going to happen for you. So her parents talked her out of her dream, and she went to college. She had a normal degree. She ended up getting married, had kids, grandkids. She lived a happy, normal life. In the age of 91 years old, she was in a nursing home. She was suffering from great dementia. Her husband passed away, and she's in the atrium of the nursing home, and it's where all the elderly are gathering, and family and friends are coming, and they're playing games and eating. And she, she has great dementia, doesn't even know what she's doing. In the middle of all these people, she stands up out of that wheelchair and she begins to sing the most beautiful opera you ever heard. They said she sounded like an angel. People began to come from all over the town just hoping they would be there when she would begin singing. She made the newspapers. And she didn't know what you could ask her. She wouldn't know what was going on. But all of a sudden, she just starts singing. What was that? That was her purpose buried on the inside for decade after decade after decade just waiting to be released. My, 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 my challenge for you today is don't die with the music still in you. Don't die unfulfilled. Know what you're supposed to be doing with your life. You say, well, I really have this desire to open up my own business. And okay, what books are you reading? How are you developing that? Don't say God's called me to do something and then you slack off and don't give it your all. A job is one thing. We have to make money and that kind of thing. But your purpose is even greater than your job. Your purpose is what you were called, of the, called to live in this time, on this planet, for this reason. Right? There's something inside of you the world needs. There's something you're supposed to be doing. Proverbs 4.25 says, keep looking straight with fixed purpose. Everybody say purpose. purpose. I want you to hear a good job. What is my purpose? Say it. What is Okay, that's the question. What is my purpose? So I don't have an equation I'm going to give you to help you find your purpose. I'm going to set you on the road that you need to start driving on. Whether or not you stay on that road is totally, completely up to you. But I promise, if you stay on it and if you allow me to help you as your pastor, one day you will die fulfilled. So here's the equation to help you discover what your purpose is about. And you must listen to all three parts. Okay? Purpose equals passion plus ability, plus the body of Christ or the local church. It's really important you get all three. Let me show you why you can't just have one or two. Your passion is not enough. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean it's your purpose. I'll give you some examples. I am incredibly passionate.
passionate about singing. I love to sing. I sing all the time. I don't even know I'm singing. Um, about a year and a half ago, um, this started where me and Mark were out to dinner one time hanging out. And uh, all of a sudden, in the middle of like a restaurant, Mark starts preaching. And he says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in it. And I was like, Dude, what are you doing? He said, I'm preaching. I was like, Well, bless God, why are you preaching? He said, Because you're singing. <laughs> I said, Well, you can't preach. He said, Well, you can't sing. <laughs> so now, I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'll just hear him start quoting the scripture. Sometimes I sing just to hear that. But anyway, and so Mark will just start preaching. So listen, here's the point. I'm passionate about singing, but because I don't have the ability, it's not going to build up the body of Christ. It's going to build me up. There's some things you're passionate about that are for you and for Jesus. And when I sing, God loves it. But if I were to sing on a microphone, you would not love it. Okay? The ability is very important. Take it back to the equation. I'll come back to this one in a second. So there's an old phrase that I hear ministers say, and it's unbiblical. They say this. They say, God's not looking for ability. He's just looking for availability. That's unbiblical. All through the New Testament it says, are you able? If you're able, become able. Get able. We're looking for people that are able. Able, 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 able. If it's your passion, let me tell you, if it's your purpose and you're passionate about it, you better be studying or developing that ability or gaining on it or doing better or asking people for wisdom or finding people who have already succeeded in that ability. Gain some ability if you think it has to do with your passion. But don't have, don't have this ability buried on the inside and not produce it and not do something with it and not grow in it. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, when David threw the slingshot at Goliath, that rock did not supernaturally hit Goliath in the one spot where he had no armor. God did not cause that to happen. You know what caused that to happen? God opened the door for David to stand on that platform. But what caused the rock to hit Goliath was that David practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced with his slingshot. He faced the bear. He faced the lion we read about. David worked hard. And this whole time he's thinking, I love doing the slingshot. There's, the Bible says there were 700 experts with the left hand that were better than David. But he thought, everybody can do it even better than me, but I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to keep practicing. I'm going to get good at this. I'm going to work hard. And then one day God opens up a door and guess what David used? He used a slingshot. To defeat the life. David's what was to be king. But you know what got him there? It was his faithfulness going on the slingshot gaining that ability. And the third point, you have to use it for the body of Christ. The whole goal for your purpose, somehow, some way it is mixed into building up the local body of the church. Evangelists, missionaries, they all go through the local church. God did not give you a purpose and it be just to build your kingdom alone. It has to build the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. You're breathing right now to make disciples, to grow. Um, let me give you another example. I, I, part of my purpose is playing the piano. But if the only song I knew how to play was Amazing Grace, then I would not be asked to play the piano in church. Well, God's called me to play the piano and I'm so passionate about it. It's my purpose. Well, you better learn more than just Amazing Grace. Develop it. You know how many people want to teach in the body of Christ? Learn how to teach. They think, well, God, I know the Bible, and that's enough. If I learn the Bible, then I'm just called to be a teacher. Secular teachers, what if a secular teacher came to you and said, hey, I'm your kid's sixth grade teacher, and I've never studied or anything on how to teach, but I just feel like God's just called me to teach. So I'm just going to step into the classroom and just hope that God just does his thing. The ability is very, very important. The Bible says that David was a skilled musician. 
one day and be able to be a skilled musician at the heart. He spent year after year. We read the songs that he wrote. We see the time he put into it. He played and practiced and played and practiced. And he couldn't just play Amazing Grace, man. He was playing all over that thing. And then one day the king Saul said, I need a skilled musician. I need somebody that's also anointed by God. Here's what he was saying. I need someone whose purpose has to do with music ministry. And they searched the kingdom and guess who they found? The one that had practiced with a bunch of animals for 10, 15 years. Practiced with nothing but some sheep. The only person that ever got to hear him was the sheep. And he played as if he was playing before thousands. They didn't put a light on him. There was no microphone. There wasn't a crowd of people to buy tickets. He, here's what he was doing. He was singing in the back of the choir where nobody saw him, giving it his all for 15 years. And then God said, here's an open door. And they took David's ability, put God's anointing on top of it, and that was part of his purpose for getting him into the kingdom. And he's a skilled musician. Listen, if, if David only played Amazing Grace, then Saul needed a skilled musician. After about 2,400 times of Amazing Grace, they finally would have said, oh my God, please stop and play something else. I can't handle this anymore. Play heart and soul, chopsticks, anything else. Whenever David played the harp, do you know the Bible says demons fleed? You know why? It was his purpose. If you're passionate but have no ability, it won't build the body of Christ. It may just build you up. This is why all three, passion, ability, body of Christ. And don't tell me that something's your purpose and you're not putting forth a lot of effort. It's unfair to our church for you to play an instrument or sing and, and say, well, this is my purpose, but you're not putting forth anything to gain and grow in the ability. That's kind of, that's kind of, it's, it's like slackness. God doesn't honor slackness. He, acts, he honors excellence. We should be more excellent when we're doing it for God than anything else. Amen? Are we okay? I'm not mad. I'm happy. Everything's good. We're all good. Everything's, I'm happy. I'm always told when I'm really passionate about a subject and I look angry. I'm not angry. It's all good. Okay, so I'm going to tell you today how to live a purposeful life. Because I've already helped you discover how to find your purpose. And the body of Christ part is very, very important. Um, and I'm here to help you, Pastor Pam's here to help you. Somehow, I don't care if your purpose, if you're, let's say your purpose has to do with something you're passionate and you have the ability to do, is organization. Do you know Joseph got to the what, which was second in command of Egypt, because he organized things when he was in the prison? He organized, he used that purpose. His purpose was to be very, he was a very organized person, and he organized the prison so much that people started looking at him and talking about him, and then he made it up to the second in command of the palace. From the prison to the palace through a skilled organization in interpreting dreams. So maybe your passion is to help people interpret dreams. Maybe your passion is to write books. Maybe your passion is to teach. Maybe your passion is to encourage people. If God's calling you to be an encourager, find out how to do a better job at it. Read some books. Read secular books. There's nothing wrong with reading a secular book. Find out, how can I be a better encourager? What words can I use better? How can I communicate? Are my facial expressions what they need to be when I'm encouraging people? Can I write thank you notes? Everybody has a purpose. Say, I have a purpose. I feel like saying, I have a dream. I have a purpose. We all have a purpose. Your purpose can be to raise, maybe right now you're in a season where your purpose, you are called to raise some mighty children. Your purpose is so important. You must spend time discovering what your purpose is. So here's how to live purposeful. Ready? Make a schedule and ask God to help. Make a schedule and ask God. Now this phrase right here, I would dare say 
that 50% of you are going to forget this phrase a week from now, but I believe this is the most important thing you'll ever do in your entire life, especially in the day and age that we live in. I'm going to show you why. Your purpose is not about, what, I mean, your, your schedule is not about what you want to get done. It's not about, okay, I'm going to do this, see if I do this. Now for the rest of your life, you can remember what I just said. Okay, just because you remember that crazy scene. Your schedule is not about what you want to accomplish. <laughs> That's just fun. <laughs> it's on camera now. I have to do it. The whole going to see. Your purpose, your schedule is not about what you want to accomplish. It's about who you want to become. Your schedule, listen, listen to what I'm saying. Your schedule is not about what you want to accomplish. It's about who you want to be. Let me give you some moments. Whoa. That wants to turn in my thing. Let me give you some examples, okay? If you want to become, on your, when you die, and they read your eulogy, if you want to, if you want to say, he or she was a great spouse, they were just a really godly husband or wife, you must write the words date night on your schedule. You must write it on your calendar. You must. It's a must. Your date night with your spouse is more important than anything else going on that week. Learn from, listen, to, listen learn from me. Turn the cell phone off when you're on a date with your spouse. Turn it off. You have to. Okay? You have to work. Let it go. Man, I, I, I did this so many times wrong. I'd answer the phone, work in the church, and church. No, no. Got to write date night on there. You say, well, we don't have any money. Go to the beach and go for a walk. Just turn everything off. Spend time with your spouse. You say, we got kids. Let Freddy Krueger watch the children. <laughs> it does not matter. Let Mark babysit your kids. He would love to babysit your kids. <laughs> They'll be the most talented little angels in the world. It does not matter. You have to put date. You have to write it in your calendar. If you want your eulogy to say that you are a great father or mother, if your children are under 18 years old, you must write children in your calendar. And when you're with your children, turn the cell phone off. There's got to be time scheduled. Proverbs 4.26 says, Plan carefully what you do and know where you are headed. Remember, your schedule is about who you want to be, not what you want to become. If you, if the who, if you want to be a healthy person that lives a long time, write the word exercise in your calendar. I want to live a long, healthy life, so I have the word gym, not J-I-M, G-Y-M, in my weekly calendar three times a week. I have to do it. I have to. It's, this, this is about who. If let's say you say, well, I want to accomplish this over here, but who? What kind of person? What kind of person will God use to accomplish the what? What kind of person? Well, God's probably looking for somebody that's faithful. Man, get some books on how to be faithful. You need help with that. Well, I, I, I'm going to need finances. Well, you better learn how to honor God financially, right where you're at. Because if you can't tithe with the sheep that you have, if you can't tithe off of $300 a week and honor God with $30, do you think God's going to say, I'm going to give you some more money to steal from me? You know, I like it when you steal from me and don't honor me and put yourself before me, so I'm going to bless you even more. No, 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 no. God's looking for people who have integrity. The who is the foundation for the what. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, Joshua was Moses' uh, right-hand man. Joshua served Moses, talked to Moses, listened to Moses, asked him questions, followed him around, because Joshua knew one day God's going to call me to be in charge. He knew that the what was he was supposed to lead the Israelites after Moses died. So he spent year after year after year. What if Joshua had wasted his time playing Xbox? What if he had wasted his time looking at pornography or hanging out with negative people or surrounding himself with people that didn't want to push him towards his purpose? Or they gossiped about him or filled his mind with trash. 
What if he didn't have a plan? I'm going to be set. I'm going to be in charge one day. Right now, I'm second man. I got to learn. I got to learn. I got to follow Moses. I got to study. I got to do what he's calling me to do. And then Joshua one two, the Lord said, Joshua, Moses is dead. Now your turn to leave. <gasps> Thank God. I spent all those years studying, learning, following, listening to Moses, finding out his schedule. Thank God I did that. Now the what is here? Now I'm sitting. Now I'm in command of all the Israelites. Thank God I developed these years of foundation. Some of y'all, you're at the foundation. Some of y'all, you only have little. If you only have little in here today, thank God. Because the Bible says if you're faithful with little, I'll put you in charge of much. If all you have is little, you are in the perfect position to be trusted with more. Some of y'all, you see people in life that have already gotten the what? And you say, well, they weren't faithful. They didn't have integrity. They didn't develop the who. They don't have the And guess what? Let me tell you, they're unfulfilled and they're miserable. I know millionaires that are miserable. Miser miserable. Lay miserable. They are so miserable. <laughs> that was a, like a, um, a Broadway show. Anyway, what am I talking about? I don't even know where I'm at. Okay, I'm almost done. Okay, so. <laughs> what am I doing here? Who are y'all? Why are y'all staring at me? Why are y'all looking at me so weird? Okay, first Corinthians, first, that's spelled wrong, that's okay. First Corinthians, put it up there, 1 at 9, 26. Paul, Paul, it's part Chronicles, part Corinthians, we couldn't figure out which one. Um, Paul likens his fulfilling of his destiny to an athlete. And he says, I run straight to the goal with purpose. Everybody shout purpose. Shout purpose. In every step, I'm like a boxer. I don't waste punches. Here's what he's saying. I'm not going to waste time going down roads that don't have to do with my purpose. I have a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of time, a limited amount of emotional energy, and I can't waste it in areas that don't further me toward my God-given destiny. So I have to know my purpose, and I have to stay on that road. Let me tell you a story that really blessed my heart. I'm almost done. But um, Erica, who's not here today, she helps me with announcements. She's our youth leader. Uh, a few weeks ago, she made a very... What I thought would have been a tough decision, but it was very easy for her. Uh, Erica serves in a lot of areas in our church. She's always done sermon stuff for me back there. She's our, one of our youth leaders, and she used to sing on a microphone here. She has the ability to sing on a microphone, and she does very, very well. She's actually singing a solo on our CD. She has a song on our CD. That's how able she is. But her and Dan, they're getting married a few months. And um, so she had to prove some stuff off of her life. And her purpose is getting married. That's part of, part of her purpose, part of God's plan. So, of course, she's going to spend time in that area. It takes a lot of work calling, you know, cake and cake decorating, seeing what kind of toupee Dan's going to wear. All these kind of things have to go into it. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, that wasn't even my notes, believe it or not. That just came to me. That's how good I am. Okay. <laughs> or how bad I am. Anyway, and so, uh, so Erica had to make a decision. I have to prove something out in my life. Do I want to stand in front of a few hundred people every Sunday and use this ability, singing on a microphone with people with lights on me, or do I want to spend time with the ten teenagers that we have in church, the few sheep that are back there on Monday nights when nobody's watching, nobody's cheering me on, no one even knows what we do? Which one am I going to do? Do you know what she did? She chose serving our youth and pruned off coming to practice. And, you know, da -da. Here's why. That was her purpose. Now, 99% of Christians were done the opposite. 99% go, well, my purpose must be on the stage. My purpose must be in front of people because I'm able to do it. That's just fun and exciting. But it might not be your purpose. 
She chose eternal rewards over earthly gratification. And that is maturity. That is finding out what your purpose is and sticking to it. Now, here's, a, here's, here's some, uh, there's a famous author named John. Okay, John Grisham is a, a, an author responsible for the Pelican Brief, Rainmaker, The Firm, all those lawyer movies came out of his books. And uh, John Grisham is a dedicated Christian, a believer. And he was a very successful lawyer, had the great ability to be a lawyer. He made a lot of money, but he was miserable. Miserable, okay? And so he knew deep inside he had this passion for writing, but he didn't know if he was good or not yet. He didn't know if he had time or not. So he got out his calendar, and he wrote on his calendar that he was going to be at his desk at his law firm 60 minutes early, five days a week, one hour before they required him to be at his desk. He was going to get there, and he wrote on his calendar to challenge himself to write one page in a novel a day. That's it, one page a day. All he did was change 60 minutes on his calendar, and in a few years, he became a worldwide author selling over 300 million books. It is mysterious what happens when you write a word on your calendar. Now, so you say, well, if I know my purpose, and I have a plan to get my purpose, and it, it, does, it, does it automatically happen? Do I automatically just fulfill my destiny if I know what I'm supposed to do, and I have it on my calendar? It's not automatic. Samson's um, mom was told by an angel, Judges 13.5, your son's going to be used to deliver Israel. This was his purpose. Samson grew up knowing his purpose. He grew up attending church. He grew up knowing, okay, my purpose is this. He knew why he had strength. He knew what he was called. And he even had God written on his calendar. He had it up there, but he got sidetracked. He got undisciplined. Started hanging out with the wrong crowd at the wrong places. And Judges 16.21, his enemies captured him, poked out his eyes, and chained him up at the mill. He knew his purpose. He even had God on his calendar. But it didn't happen. I want to close and just tell you one more story that we're going to show you something. Um, there's a lady named Bonnie Ware. Bonnie Ware spent her life as a hospice nurse. She spent her entire life taking care of people in their last weeks of living. Last four to twelve weeks of their life, she was there by their side. When she retired as a hospice nurse, she wrote a book called The Final Regrets. She had spent decades talking to people, hearing their last thoughts, their last communication, what they really regretted in life. Do you know the number one thing that people regret when they are on their deathbed is this. I wish I'd had the courage to see my dreams fulfilled and not live the life other people expected of me. Here's what they were saying. I wish I had stayed on the road that took me to my purpose. I knew what it was. Deep inside, I had this passion for feeding the homeless. I had this passion for raising my children in a godly manner. I had this passion to own my own small little business. But somewhere along the line, somebody told me out of it. They said, you can't just be a stay-at-home mom. That's not enough. So I did something else. You can't own your own business. You got all these bills. So I never really tried. You can't be a missionary. You never owned oh, So I just kind of gave up on that. Instead of staying on that road that took them to their divine destination, they let other people talk them out of it. 
Don't die with the music still in. You don't die unfulfilled. Know your purpose, your passion. Grow in some ability. Don't remain mediocre. You, if, if you have the passion, find out. Find out. Like, read books, study, ask questions. Put something on your calendar this coming weekend where you call somebody that's already gotten to the what so you can see who did you become to get there. And then be disciplined enough to stick to that plan. Jeremiah 20 and 11 says, I know the plans. Ooh, even God has a plan. In fact, if you study the Scriptures, God actually has it in a book. He's written down the plans for you to walk. He's written down past. He has it ready for you. He's already written down what He's called you to be in your purpose. They are to bring you prosperity in the future that you hope for. Whether or not we fulfill God's plan for our life is going to be determined by how we spend our time.